You're listening to the Free to Be Mindful podcast, which invites you along on a journey to learn of mindful living, grow in mental health, and inspire through personal growth. In a world where we can often feel much stress and overwhelm, this podcast provides bite-sized tips and real talk conversations, empowering you to embrace mindfulness and nurture your full potential. I'm your host, Vanessa de Jesus Guzman, educator, licensed professional counselor, entrepreneur, and mom. I'm passionate about helping others live life with peace of mind and ease of heart without losing their, well, you know, here we go. Hello and welcome to episode 176 of the Free to Be Mindful podcast. I hope that you're feeling good, looking good, and doing better in this world than you were yesterday. So if you're listening to this in real time, we just celebrated Thanksgiving and now we're into full swing of the holiday season. And I'll share with you that in my family, nowadays, the big holidays, and I mean those centered around food, are always celebrated at my parents' house. And it's not because their house is huge, and it's definitely not because it's easy to find parking, because it is not, especially around the holidays. But it fills my heart in sharing with you that my parents are pretty amazing people. My mom is literally the hostess with the mostest who always goes above and beyond and makes everyone feel super duper comfortable when they come over. Our dining room, and when I say our, I mean my parents' house, is very formal and she has the loveliest dishes and her tables always look like they're ready for the president to come over for dinner. My dad is a retired chef of 30 years, so I really know how to eat well. (laughs) Mom can throw down in the kitchen too. They are amazing cooks and they always cook like they're feeding an entire village. So guests always bring dessert and drinks really easy as a guest. And they always cook enough for like 20 people to eat twice at dinner, take home leftovers, and then we still have enough leftovers to eat lunch the following day. Sorry if this sounds a little braggadocious, but again, my parents are really, really amazing. So all to say, my Thanksgiving was lovely. There was exciting news shared all the way around. We had more desserts than we knew what to do with. And we settled on the plans for my mom's upcoming birthday, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, followed by my baby brother's birthday. And then I do host New Year's Eve. And as delightful as this is in my experience, I know that this isn't the case for everyone. I get that. As a therapist, as a friend, as a consumer of social media, And as a viewer of Lifetime and Hallmark holiday movies, I am fully aware that the holiday season and gatherings can bring upon many unwanted experiences around people who we sometimes would prefer maybe not to be around. And when we have either past experiences with certain people or maybe with a certain place, and even when there are certain topics that trigger us, it can be easy to lose your cool to lose your marbles, to lose fill in the blank with whatever colorful word you choose. And as a therapist, that is one of the most discussed themes in this therapy space with clients. And that is how not to get triggered or how to respond appropriately instead of reacting intensely. 
whether it be with six-year-old first graders who are mad at their siblings for not wanting to share with them, or 13-year-old middle schoolers navigating friends with someone one day and then having those supposed friends be nasty to them on social media the next day, remember those days without social media was tough, whether it be college students navigating how to manage the changing relationships with their parents when they come home from college during their winter break, or just the overworked mom who feels overstimulated and under-supported by her household. It's easy for all of these people to get triggered, especially during the holiday season when there's just so much more going on. And there are certain topics, especially during the holidays, when emotions can run high, and those can be triggering points for us. So some topics that may trigger you or you may trigger others that you may want to stay away from include political differences. I mean, that is like an obvious So you may not want to bring up politics at all because when people have differing opinions, that may lead to disagreements over current events and just social issues that are going on. Financial struggles. There may be some resentment or jealousy related to financial disparities among family members or unresolved issues regarding loans or financial assistance. I remember one time, this wasn't during the holidays, but it was, I think, like during a barbecue over the summertime. We were just talking about how my parents were able to help me out some between the loans that I had to take for college. But then my last two years, when my younger brother was in his first year, I had to take out a couple of more loans. And my mom and I disagreed on a number and she got so mad because she thought it was one thing. I knew it was another thing. And it just led to a huge disagreement that was really unnecessary because this was 20 plus years ago. The third point you may want to stay away from are relationship conflicts. Stay away from uncomfortable discussions about relationship problems or breakups. I know one thing sometimes with Tias, meaning aunts or nosy family members, they may ask those questions of, well, where's the boyfriend? Or when is the next kid coming up? Or when are you getting married? Or why is it that you broke up? Those are all really tough. You may also want to be considerate if you're coming along for a gathering of bringing an unexpected guest or three guests, or six guests with you, especially if they were not announced ahead of time. Sounds obvious, but let me tell you, just in between this episode coming out and Thanksgiving, I have heard some stories. (laughs) You may also want to stay away from parenting styles and disagreements on how to raise kids and discipline methods or education choices or difference in opinions about the appropriate age for certain privileges. Everyone raises their kids the way that they think or that they know works for their home. You may want to stay away from sibling rivalry, even if you are 30, 40, 50 plus years old. There may be lingering tensions or competitions between siblings or unresolved childhood issues that can resurface unnecessarily. Along with politics, I should have also mentioned religious differences, right? Or maybe cultural traditions that you may not follow, but that your parents still follow. Just disagreements on how to celebrate holidays or family rituals. Sometimes, you know, you just have to bend, especially if it is a special gathering. And then when you go to your home, you continue doing your own thing. 
This is a tough one because you may want to share the great things that, you know, you have going on, but you don't want to compare yourself or compare others. So be mindful of the comparison and competition based upon individual achievements and be mindful of picking on feelings of inadequacy or resentment about perceived favoritism. I know in my house, my baby brother is a favorite, at least in my opinion. But we try not to joke about that around the holiday table because that can bring upon a lot of a lot of feelings. You want to stay away from inherited grudges, past family disputes or conflicts that have not been resolved or lingering resentment from inheritances. Oof, that's a hard one when it comes to grief or property disputes and things like that. Lifestyle choices. We want to let people live their own lives. So we want to keep away from judgments or criticism regarding lifestyle choices, career paths, living arrangements, partners that are chosen. And lastly, health issues, especially if you have aging parents or aging family members. It's a tough time during the holiday season to talk about disagreements on how to handle health-related matters for a family member or tensions related to caregiver responsibility and decisions. Those can be a lot. Those are 10 things, but they can be very heavy, especially if there's a lot of unresolved stuff, for lack of a better word, unresolved stuff that leads up to these big heated discussions. However, with all of that being said, And here's an unpopular opinion that I truly believe, but no one ever wants to hear. You ready? You have full control, full control of your choices in how you respond to someone, no matter what they say or do to you. The only person you have full control over is you. And I know what you're thinking. So to go to an extreme here, sure, if someone punches you in the face, your natural response may want to be to punch them back. But that's not your only option. So again, I repeat, the only person you have full control over is you. So while you can't control what someone else says or does, you can control how you respond in return. And that's the point here, which encompasses mindfulness at its core. The point is that in between each and every stimulus and a return exchange of words or actions, there's a small space, a very small, quick space where we get to choose how we're either going to respond or how we're going to react. We can choose to calmly respond, even if we're stating how angry or pissed off we are, or we can choose to react haphazardly in ways that typically result in making the situation worse. And this is true for everyone, no matter how old they are. And this reminds me of dealing with young kids. As a mom and as a former primary grade teacher, I truly believe that all of life's rules as they relate to you we truly learned as kids. This reminds me of the saying, everything I really need to know, I learned in kindergarten. This phrase is also the title of a popular essay slash book written by Robert Fulgham, who published the essay or the book of the same name. And it emphasized that the importance of basic values and principles are taught in kindergarten. And those are the core lessons that form a foundation for a fulfilling and successful life. The idea behind the saying, 
everything I need to learn I learned in kindergarten is also to highlight the simplicity and wisdom of the lessons we first encounter during our early years, which can remain relevant and meaningful during our entire lives. So as we navigate the next few weeks of the holiday gatherings, or if you're listening to this after the holidays, these can still apply. Here is what I know for a fact that we all learned as young kids, even as early as kindergarten, that we should still follow as adults. Should. The first thing is sharing. As kids, we learned to share your toys, your play equipment with your friends, your materials in school. And as adults, we want to remember to be willing to share stories and experiences so that everyone has a chance to contribute. And when you're sharing, you may even want to step out on a limb and just show your vulnerability because that allows people to connect with you a little bit more. The second is listening. As kids, we learned practice listening without interrupting when someone is speaking or how I tell kids don't step on another person's words. As adults, we need to practice active and mindful listening, which means listening to listen and not listening to respond, right? Listening without interruptions, allowing everyone's voice to be heard, even the quietest of voices. The third is respect personal space. As kids, we learned respect people's bubble, as I call it nowadays, and ask before hugging or touching others, and also learning how to say no thank you if someone asks to hug you. And as adults, respect the personal space of others and not just the physical space, but also that mental and emotional space. Avoid prying into sensitive topics without invitation. The fourth, use polite language. As kids, we learn, say please when asking for something, say thank you when someone helps you. And as adults, we want to do the same. And we should know that we can communicate with kindness and we don't need to include offensive or hurtful language to make a point. The fifth, take turns. As kids, we learn, take turns in a game or in a discussion or when interacting with a group. And as adults, the same, avoid dominating conversations or activities and try to remember to include those who are more quiet so that everyone has an opportunity to participate. The sixth goes along the same lines, include everyone. As kids, we know that we can invite people to play and include others in activities or during recess or at lunchtime. And as adults, we have to remember to avoid excluding or favoring certain individuals so that we can foster a sense of belonging for everyone. The seventh, very important, clean up after yourself. We learned as kids to clean up after your toys, put them back where they belong, clean up after the space in school, your desk, whatever you're working on. And as adults, we want to remember the same. Take responsibility for your personal belongings and contribute to maintaining a clean environment, especially if you're a guest at someone else's home, and especially if you have small children with you at someone else's home. The eighth, be kind and considerate. We learned as kids and we should remember as adults, be kind to others, help if needed. Avoid criticizing or making negative comments. Keep those thoughts to yourself and focus on positive interactions. The ninth, problem solving. 
We tell our kids, talk to a friend or a trusted adult if you have a problem and try to find a solution together. And as adults, address disagreements calmly and find solutions together that promote harmony. And I don't mean to make everything magic and rainbows and butterflies and unicorns, right? But we can sometimes just reach a point to agree to disagree in a calm way and not continue a matter that we can just let go of. The 10th, be grateful. And this goes farther than just saying thank you when someone does something nice or gives something to you like a gift as a kid, but especially for adults, acknowledging and appreciating the hard work that goes into organizing, into cooking, into preparing and cleaning up after when you host family events. Next is being flexible. We want to teach our kids to be okay if a game or an activity changes and try to enjoy it anyway. And the same is true for adults. Adapt to unexpected situations with a positive attitude and just make the most of spending the time together, even if it looks different than the expectations that you had in your head. Something that is talked about a lot with kids, especially now in the most recent history, is celebrating differences. As kids, we learn about and we learn to respect differences in how your friends celebrate holiday, let's say. And as adults, let's avoid making judgments based on differences, whether it be of regular choices or lifestyle choices. Let's just create a more inclusive and accepting environment, even if it differs of what you would choose to do for you. And lastly, as kids, they don't have to be reminded to have fun, right? (laughs) We just say play nice and have fun with friends and family. But as adults, we do need to be reminded to have fun. Sometimes, again, these expectations in our minds make us think that something needs to look a certain way instead of just living in the moment and focusing on creating enjoyable memories together, making the holidays a time of joy and connection and not a time where you fight and disagree. These things are pretty simple and it really is meant to be simple. We know in life that stressful situations, whether they be personal or professional, especially in a changing world and being around a lot of people can be overwhelming, can be overstimulating. And we know that this sometimes brings out intense emotions that don't serve us or the connections that we make. So when we're triggered in some way, we want to consider things, especially in that small space, again, in that small space between a stimulus and a response. And that is first, when we're triggered, identify what the conflict is. Again, sounds so simple, but sometimes we overlook the step and we assume instead of really trying to identify what's happening. And maybe this conflict is competing personalities or opposing views, physical or emotional distance, difficulty communicating, learning to make space for a new person or environment. Or maybe it's something that isn't even related to the argument in question, but maybe it's external factors like maybe it's just someone's having a bad day or maybe someone's having a hard time growing up or feeling stressed, sad, unworthy. We want to consider having healthy, mindful communication of really doing mindful listening, of showing that you care and how that can lead us to solve problems. Think about it. Whenever a conflict is found, one of the most common feelings is being unheard or feeling unseen. And when we feel heard and respected, we're more likely to reach a common ground. 
The next step is explore possible solutions. And this isn't always clear cut. The best case scenario can sometimes be a compromise or understanding to just say it is what it is and walk away. The path to work through a conflict can involve reflection, can involve open-mindedness and vulnerability. Think of the fact, what could happen if I choose to do this instead of that, instead of just picking something without thinking of the what could happen if part. And then implement the best solution for you and monitor the situation to see how it goes. Sometimes we just want to set it and forget it. But when it comes to super important things where there are lots of feelings involved, it's really important to approach sensitive topics with empathy and a willingness to learn that fosters understanding and compromise rather than just escalating tensions. When faced with a conflict, also remember that we're human, and this means beautiful imperfections, heavy emotions, constant learning, making mistakes, but recognizing them, admitting them, and then learning from those mistakes. Different views and personalities can obviously coexist, but when we give ourselves the internal reminder to reflect and stay calm, we then stop ourselves from saying something that we perhaps don't mean or just shouldn't say, and then we take action that can be hurtful to others or hurtful to ourselves, which perhaps isn't necessary. And lastly, as you think of the people who you may often feel triggered by, know that not all connections are perhaps meant to be rekindled and that's okay. Sometimes we just need to be like Elsa and let it go. And that can be hard, but you can cherish memories that you've had and cherish what you've learned. And also whether things were good or bad, remember the popular saying that People come into our life for seasons, for blessings, or maybe just for lessons. We can be grateful for the good we've experienced and that we deserve to let go of what no longer serves us. When we nurture the connections we make and embrace the relationships we create and the memories that we can make, especially during the holidays, we see the value of understanding ourselves, of knowing how to work through conflict successfully, and finding peace and beauty within this life journey. So my friends, with that, I wish you all a beautiful holiday season, and I hope that you can create moments that really last a lifetime. I now invite you to join me on this short guided meditation. So right now, regardless of where you are or what you're doing, I'd like for you to recall a recent interaction or perhaps a person or group of people who challenge you. A recent interaction that was tough and maybe that was one at a holiday gathering, or maybe it's just an everyday personal or professional interaction. Think about what is it that challenges you about this person, group of people, about the situation, conversation, or event. How is it that you would like for it to go? What are those expectations in your mind? Really take a few moments and think about what are these expectations rooted in? And once you allow yourself enough time to really think those things through, think about why they're rooted in that and what you can let go of. Knowing how to let go of the expectations we have in our minds and just accepting the what is, is 
practicing mindfulness. Even if we don't agree, even if we don't like it, we can accept the what is and allow the feelings that go along with that, that are attached to that, to float away. And we can reformat our thinking, our expectations to a way that is not based upon the actions of others, but instead of what you can fully control, and that is only you. Remember in a world that you are free to be anything that you want to be, you are always free to be mindful. Catch you next week.